Minus three is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. Must be 21 or older. Minus three with Dave Damashek. Hi and hello and welcome to Super Bowl week, sports fans, and welcome to Minus Three presented as ever by Omaha. We're in Los Angeles getting right for the Super Bowl over there in Vegas. If you haven't heard, it's the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. Many storylines emerging there. Many storylines emerging in the home of one Joey Mulinaro, our great pal and uh, frequent guest here on the Minus 3 podcast. Who better to talk to? He and his pals Patrick Mahomes and all the rest of them paying a visit to us in just a second here. Very quickly, though, a, uh, a quick reminder, we did take last week off. Why? Because there were no football games. There was a Pro Bowl thing. It wasn't a, a football game exactly. I guess it was a flag football game. But we did either way take the week off from the 15-minute pregame show, of course, with a football game on the slate. That aforementioned one, Super Bowl 58 upcoming. We will have that for you. It should be out around midnight on Thursday slash Friday morning. We'll go through all the best props. We'll tell you who's going to win that game. All the rest of us, me, all the rest of it, me, Kevin Hench, and Eddie Spaghetti, of course. Eddie Spaghetti there behind the glass. He and Jen Piacenti getting you re- uh, ready on Waiver Wired. Spaghetti also on Trendy with Toby Mergler this week, also covered in glory for the soccer enthusiasts out there. Lemon Pepper Parlay with Mark Gunnels and Martin Weiss getting you right as uh, their Chiefs-friendly podcast over there. Go check that one out. And then Extra Points with Mer- me and Sarah Tiana go back. If you want to hear Rob Riggle, super fan of the Chiefs, weighing in on the stakes for Mahomes, Andy Reid, and all the rest of them. And in fact, the people who like to go to Arrowhead on their Sundays. But now, let's say hello to our guy. We have a lot to talk about. And it's not just these two teams in the Super Bowl. There's a lot of news going down in pro football and beyond. So let's do it with our guy, Joey Mulinaro. Hey, what's that? There he so is. Come good on to in be here. here. So How good to you? be here. I can't believe I'm uh, on Super Bowl week. Nonetheless, I'm thrilled. I'm honored to be here. Uh, it's a big week for football. It's a big week for everybody, man. It's a big week for America. It's America's holiday, in my mind, is the Super Bowl, and it should be the day after. Uh, but uh, yeah, man, just super happy to be here. <laughs> You've gotten to be, have, since the last time we spoke, have you, have you mastered the impression I asked you to do, which is Rich Little? I want you to get a great impression of the foremost impressionist. Maybe I guess that would be in the 21st century with you being the one or one A, like Frank Caliendo. If you could master a Frank Caliendo, that would be something. I've not gotten there, but like I said, it's because, you know, when we, like Rich Little, Frank Caliendo, even like to be, I'm not in that, but what I'm saying is that when people do what, what we do and part of what we do, it's so observational that I don't think that any of us have something that you can pick up on, really, because our whole existence, my whole existence, Hmm. is nothing but observing and trying to figure out what are the little tiny intricacies? What are the little things everybody does? So I, I feel like I'm I'm unimpressionable because I'm so focused on trying to pick up the character for everybody. Else. I'm so unimpressionable that I can't uh, pick it up on other things. Was that good spaghetti that I nailed? Was that uh, that's the first Joey impression ever? That's when you've arrived, friend. It's not an insult. Yeah, no, right. It's I an know. homage to you. Hey, uh, speaking of homages, very quickly before we get into all the rest of it, and by the way. This could be the most special podcast in the history of people. If this thing breaks just right, and when I say this thing, I mean Joey's wife's water. 
because she is pregnant with their second child. Yes. It could come at any minute. And if it Literally. would happen on this show, that mm -hmm. would be great for us. Can you make that happen, Jim? You know, I've been trying, Dave. I've been trying to walk this thing out. I've been trying to only suggest the spiciest foods. Right. That's what I was going to say. Like, if they're, yeah. they're, they're those kind of old world things that work. Like, yeah, do yeah. some like hot bath. I don't know. Yeah, doing all that stuff, trying to drink as much water. I'm just shoving the water down her, you know, so that we can get the water to break for her. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, the the induction date is February 13th. So now uh, the Czech Republic and everybody knows that uh, we got a, we got a deadline. We got a, we got a hard line that we're going in, and then that baby's coming out. But at any moment, uh, that's what our doctor told us last week. At any moment. Uh, it could be happening. So, yeah, little girl. I it, now now I need to real quick. I need to pick your brain if I could, right. because you're you're your father. We we know that you uh, have many young Damasheks running around there. Um, do you have any advice for a first time girl dad? I think first of all, the girl dad stuff is overstated and a little bit weird, as though it's an achievement to have a female uh, a child of a female gender, and people give themselves great credit for this. I'm not sure exactly why. Do you have the little boy with you right there as we I speak? Do. He's going to say hi. Can you say hi? There we What's go. up? There, there he is. Little Bubby, right? Is that what you name? Ouija? Is that yep. his name? Uh -huh. Fast Willie? Little, little, little Fast Willie Molinero. Yeah. Yeah, that's him. But there uh, he is. Look at continue. that. Yeah. He's going to love it. Oh, he's going to love he's going to love little sister after the early go. There will be some rough patches probably. He'll be confused by her presence. Not on the first day. He'll be like, "Okay, yeah, that's that's what's been inside mama this whole uh, time." Uh -huh. But then like day 4, he's going to start giving her the stink eye like, "Still around, huh? We're just going to go on with this kind of crap, <laughs> you know?" So it's cute for a minute, but now it's 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 treading on my space. Yes. Um as someone once said to me, Get ready because you can no longer play zone. Now it's man to man. You know, yes. you're like you and the wife are going to have your own assignments there. So yep. get ready for that. I think the the thing with having a girl is, I, as I think about, you know, now I have a 16 year old girl. So the prom hasn't arrived yet for her in her life. But I do think, you know, the old jokes about like, hey, she's not going to go on a date till she's 40. Like, I'm going to go to the front door when it, when, when a gentleman suitor is there. I'm going to go with a shotgun. And yeah, scare just happened to be cleaning off my guns today when you stop by there, Johnny. Yeah. All that kind of stuff is valid. I get it. You don't, you know, you don't want to think of your little daughter like that. Sure. On the other hand, isn't that perhaps better than the alternative? Like, I don't want. Because when the prom comes around next year, I would be devastated if she's like, no one wants to take me to the prom. Oh, Can yep. we go together? Like, yep. I, I, I wouldn't I'd, I'd be crying too hard to take her. I would ruin my tuxedo with my my tears of sorrow that somehow I'd done something wrong. So I don't know. I guess you want to kind of thread the needle there. You don't want either of those two extremes to play out. That's not really advice, though, is it? No, well, it, it is. But I think like you're absolutely right on that front. Would much rather have the have the 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 kid coming to the door to take a little girl out on, on on a date. Now, I think the way I think about it, and I'm already prepping myself, is that I try to put myself eventually in said 16, 17, 18, 19 year old, perhaps fella who's coming to pick up my little girl. 
think about those days when you, how terrified you were to go up to the front door to shake the old man's hand, you know, to, to have the small talk, terrible awkwardness going on while you're there to, to, to pick up his daughter. You want a nice, a nice guy who's maybe going to give you a little pat on the back, crack a joke at your expense, right? But not be a, you know, not be a, a hard, you know? I think right. And, you know, you talk about the extremes. Like, yeah, being a hardo dad with the clean and the shotgun and everything else. I also would be uncomfortable if it were one of those dads like, get it, let's let's do a shot. I know it's unorthodox, but if you're going to get drunk, I'd rather you do it. And like, yes, I didn't grow up in one of those houses. So I always found that to, to be a little bit unusual. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, if you want to figure out the name right now, we can do that, too. You know, we have nothing but time. And, Please. Uh, I'd love to hear. I, 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 when, when, when number one was, uh, not yet born, you, you sent a couple my way and we, I chat them over with the wife. So I'd love to hear thoughts on number two here. Okay. Uh, you know what? Let's do, let's, let's involve the entire Czech Republic Weigh in, send uh, Joey uh-huh. and the missus your suggestions. And remember a big factor is the surname. Damashek is clunky. You can't put anything uh, in front of Damashek and have it sound good. You got to thread the needle with that. Like if you have a monosyllabic surname like Smith, the world's your oyster. Put whatever you want in front of there. Damashek is more limiting, um, as is Mulinaro in its own uh, ethnic way. So, um, all right, let me let me figure that all out and let's move on to something else as we talk about the circle of life and then uh-huh. jump into some football talk here. As the Mulinaro home is about to be graced with the beginning, the world lost the heavyweight champion of the world, the one, the only, Apollo Creed. And I was legitimately devastated. And those within the sound of my voice who know will understand and appreciate that the first text I got was from none other than David Feeney, who better to hear from um, when something like this happens. We loved Creed unironically, obviously Predator, and uh all the rest of it but he played he played the champ he played creed who for the record if there's any debate oh, you don't you don't even remember creed you didn't even see him in his prime baby mulinaro who are you to <laughs> chime in on that crap right take the tyson fury and whoever's going now whoever the big ticket name is now you don't know about creed not in his prime that? not about no. not about the count of monte fisto when he was right now when we met creed it's we we meet Balboa. Creed's past his prime. He's in his last days as the champ. You know, he's 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 uh he's uh Leon Spinks era Ali when we meet Creed. You know, a uh-huh. couple more paydays and that's it for him. Make no mistake though, in their respective primes, Creed beats all. He beats Clubber Lang, but good. He beats Drago. How do I know he could beat Drago even though he lost? First of all. He showed up that night when he was put in the ring in that Vegas show uh, to fight. He showed up, Creed did, for an exhibition that night. Drago had malintent. He murdered a man. He should have been charged with manslaughter. And I don't think I'm going too far by saying that. Creed wasn't in shape. He wasn't working out for that fight. He wasn't getting right. He thought they'd throw a couple hands lightly at each other and say their goodnights and collect their paycheck. Drago showed up wanting to hurt somebody. And he did. He killed a man that night. And so it went. That has no reflection on a Creed who is right and ready for that fight. He would have vanquished him. And you know what? 
if he had been in his prime, he would have devastated Balboa too. How say you, Molinaro? Yeah, that's quite, um, you know, I wouldn't say plot hole. It's it's certainly a hole in Rocky Four. how we kind of, you know, we, we put Apollo Creed to rest. And then from there, it's just kind of the fallout of, you know, Rocky dealing with it, you know, mm-hmm. and he's going on the drive and you have uh, Tepper's music going over, right? But but then they don't really ever, you know, they're, they don't really ever show Drago or his wife dealing with what they're going to have to do, you know, while they're in foreign land, mind you. So is that is that what it was? They were just like immune because they weren't citizens. And so they had to go back and we would have had to like, uh, um, uh, what, what's the phrase when you have to bring somebody from overseas? Is that? what happened i wait I, uh let wait a second i had never thought about the fact that drago he's more machine than man he's all juiced up they're they're putting a the spike into his arm to make him something other than a natural human being before his big prize fights here but he still is human at the end of the day and he killed a man isn't there some spiritual tumult that he's going through before the balboa bout I don't think so. He no. killed a man. He killed an American hero. Do you think he feels good about that? Kinda. Obviously. Mm. But 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 yeah, like I don't know what the legality is there. Like we have to extradite. That's what I'm looking at. You have to extradite him back extradite. over here to then try to charge him for what he did in the ring. Is it because it's a physical, hey, you get you're beating each other's heads in? That's just kind of the risk that it takes. Like, you know, if somebody gets in a race car. You know, and uh, the Indy 500, God forbid, but if, you know, turn two, they go flying into the wall and they don't make it out alive. I mean, that's happened plenty of times way back in the day. I don't know if you charge somebody who, right? So there's a lot of different things there, but, but, yeah. but I will agree uh, with you that we do not ever get to see the peak Apollo, but I think my favorite part is Rocky Three when Apollo Creed swallows his pride goes to Rocky says hey I'm gonna get you right we were rivals you kind of put me you know you, you kind of put the final nail in my coffin right in my heyday uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna take you under my wing here and I'm gonna get you right and you see him become coach Apollo and that to me was always so fascinating I loved it so much and, uh, yeah, talk about the first on-screen death that really messed, messed you up. I mean, Apollo, when, when he went down, golly, man, that's, uh, it still stings with me. So now that, that the actual fella, Carl Weathers, uh, has passed on, uh, you got a little uh, 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 twofer there, a little double. And we lost Polly. We lost Polly not a couple of months Tough ago. The, the, the late great Burry Young. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I've told you well. It's been well documented on this show. Happy Gilmore, how much it means to me. So Chubbs Peterson. Yep, I mean, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. that 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 is that is. Uh, it was a very very sad day, no doubt. I just have to say about Polly. There, I mean, there is no character arc in the history of film that is more sweeping than that of Polly's. When we meet him, he is an abusive elder sibling taking care of his. Sister's got something wrong with her. Like she, by the way, she also he's getting taken care of. She's taking care of him. She takes care of him, but it's in, but it, but it's implied that she has to live with him. Maybe because the state stepped in and said she can't care for herself. It's uncertain what's going on there too. And then Balboa takes a shine to her and takes her ice skating. 
and she doesn't seem completely lucid. And, you know, by to your point, when they're on the beaches of Santa Monica, she's given pep talks, fiery pep talks. So she comes a long way, too, but not as much as Paulie does, because he's this abusive sibling. He's so mad. He throws her Thanksgiving turkey on the ground, like in the house. He th- I mean, that's a that's a horrible thing to do to anybody, let alone your sister who toiled for you to have a, to celebrate the holiday. And then he get, becomes this lovable figure by the end. By the way, watch him in Rocky Three when they go to those L.A. gyms to train Creed style. He makes some very off-color remarks. He makes <laughs> makes some very, very inappropriate <laughs> remarks that would not be winsome for a character in the 21st century. Very, very off-color to say the least. <laughs> See, I thought that I, I, I thought that Adrian was just like really shy, and she was very timid because of what she was dealing with in her home background and having to deal with Polly, who is verbally and kind of physically abusive. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with her. I thought that she was just incredibly shut off and, and shy. I think so, but I think that we're supposed to perceive or that the state or some authorities deemed her incapable of caring for herself as a child. That's what I'm taking away. And if you want to turn this into instead of any football talk, we can just spend <laughs> the rest of our time together talking about Talia Shire, who also is an abused sister in a movie called The Godfather, which I'm fascinated with by the circumstances of her husband, Carlo, being such a criminal mastermind that the whole phone call from the mistress at the house that sets that sets her off and throwing the plates everywhere and he smacks her around that then launches Sonny to drive to the causeway and get killed. This is all set up by Carlo. This is, you know, it's organized crime, but this is very organized crime that they had it down to a T the way they did. But you know what? Let's not do that. And instead, I'm going to tell you my story. I've told it a million times. I'm going to tell you for the million and first now. Yep. A couple of years ago, a few years back, David Feeney and I, huge, huge, you know, Balboa historians, obviously steeped in the Rocky one, two, three, and four documentaries, less five and beyond. Um, Shout out to the movie Creed doing the prequel of Apollo Creed in his prime. How about that? I thought that's when I heard Creed was being made. I assumed it was going to be the backstory of the greatest champion in the history of people. But let's do that now. Anyhow. David Feeney and I are having a nice dinner in downtown Los Angeles. We look up at the bar. Who's there dressed in a black suit with a black button shirt underneath looking exactly like you would want the heavyweight champion to look there he is apollo creed with a smart cocktail in his mitt we said well listen waiter a drink if you please for the for the champ we send him one over and before you know it he's hovering over our table and he said i had to come over here and thank you too for being gentlemen and then he fielded every question we had all no. everything. Oh, all about it. Who? How would you have done against Lang? How? What would have gone down between you and Drago? And like you didn't show up ready for that fight, and everybody knows it. And this is all nonsense. That somehow it's it's damaged your legacy, Creed. All that kind of stuff. He he fields them all with a plum, and then returns to the bar. You know, later on we we wrap up our dinner, and the bill comes. We see the Creed has added another drink to our bill. <laughs> we went wild with excitement and support for the move. What would what were we going to do? Creed did the math. He's a genius, you understand. 
these yeah. two mooks, what are they going to do? They're they're going to say no. They're going to refuse to pay for the drink. Maybe I'll put a filet mignon on there too if they ain't careful. I thought it was such a legendary move, and uh, he was such a he was such a nice guy to come over and kibitz with us and all of that. It was uh, it was the great that combined with my other exchange with the heavyweight champ of the world. Once Jimmy Kimmel took the entire uh, Kimmel staff randomly one night of the week, just like we're all going, we got buses outside. Let's go to Dodger stadium. And we all loaded up and we went to see the Dodgers play. And I have no idea why, but Leon Spinks was with us. I, I, I couldn't explain why <laughs> Leon Spinks who vanquished Ali in roundabout 79, 80, I think somewhere around there to briefly claim the heavyweight belt before Ali took it back from him. Um, he was in our midst. Again, no idea why, but somehow he was directly in front of me in the seats. And at one point he stood up during the game and I had the singular opportunity and I took it. I yelled down in front the champ. It was the best to, to yell. Imagine to be able to yell at a champion of the world down in front. It, it was, you know, one of the top three to five moments of my life. How was it received? He kind of like. He had a he he had an unfortunate kind of stiffness at that point in his life, and so he very slowly turned around to regard the person who shouted that to him, and then I did, just showed him my fist, and that did all the more talking I needed. And he sat right down. There you go, perfect. I don't remember what his on top. Was. Did you not ask for a picture with Carl Weathers? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't always do that. Do are you a big picture guy, autograph guy? I just try to live in the moment when those things definitely, are going. Definitely, definitely not autograph. But uh, yeah, I'm doing the math in my head. Like if he were to come over, as he did, right, and you guys are chatting and it's going well, and you're having maybe a couple of laughs, and and you're already buying the drink, right? So in my head, I'm thinking, okay, so it's on our tab. We're paying. He he's been kind enough to come over here and chat a little bit, right? He could have just you know raised his glass to us from the bar, and, and and three maybe I made him laugh. That checks out to me. That's an equation that adds up to hey when he's getting ready to leave. Hey champ, can we get a picture real quick? You know, just real quick. Fist raised, all that. Yeah, right, right. just real quick. You know, you don't have to make a big production of it or anything, but it's just like, a, hey, would you mind real quick? You know, because to me in my head, then I'm just like, he's probably like, oh, absolutely, let's do it. Yeah, no problem. But I understand. Whoa, 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 whoa. Did you just try out a Creed impression here? No. That wasn't your best work there. No, 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 don't. <laughs> See, that's the problem, isn't it? Anytime that I try to just like, you know, do any sort of, uh, you know, situational voice acting, then everybody's just like, I want to release that one yet. Not your best. I'm like, <laughs> okay, now my life is just the Twitter <laughs> comment saying the, the Twitter thread that I get. My family. I'm a, I'm a three-dimensional person behind the, all those voices I give to you, world. <laughs> yeah, when, when, when you know, I, well documented, you've texted me about it. I get frustrated with Coach Tomlin. I put it out there, you know, and, and I'm sitting there watching the games with my sister and my brother-in-law and my dad, and I start joking and kind of doing my faux Tomlin post-game press conference, and I'm just doing it to release frustration, right, and, and, and poke fun at them, and then they're all... I'd still work on that one a little bit. I'm like, I'm not doing it to get a reaction. I'm just doing the character that, you know, I mean, geez, that's a victim of your own great success. But yeah, I, I, yeah. I wouldn't mind hearing some Tomlin. If you want, if you want to give us Tomlin, Roethlisberger, Pickett, who in the Steelers canon are you working out there for 2024? Maybe there may be a need for Mason Rudolph. 
anyway, so that's that on the uh, on the Apollo Creed uh, talk. And now let's move into some football talk here, yes, shall yes, we? Yes. Let me squeeze in a quick break here. You know, when the conversation turns stampers, I always go with my number one as Caesars. Let's talk about them a little bit, shall we? Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns rewards credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using this code. Listen up. Omaha full. The word Omaha and the word full. And then you place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great. If you keep those winnings, but if you lose, you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and over only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. New users and first $10 plus wager only. Must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager. Returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet, $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start gambling problem. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit GamblingHelplineMA.org. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or West Virginia, 1-800-GAMBLER.net, New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. When you're on a business trip, you know what goes completely off the rails? Your workout routine, especially when you book a hotel that doesn't have a gym. So what ends up happening is you do a few push-ups and sit-ups in your room, run around the block, or just skip it entirely. Lame. If you just stay at La Quinta by Wyndham, you'll discover there's a fully equipped fitness center at every location. Now you can wake up and power your buys and tries the right way or de-stress with some cardio. The choice is yours. Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Any any word from, uh, are the contractions starting up? Or how, no, how I did get a they? text from her. Um, Can but, you keep it down? Hey. I'm trying to sleep, you loud mouth. <laughs> <laughs> no, Dave, it's, uh, it's like a, a very nice 49 degree all sunshine day in Indianapolis. Oh. So we're thinking about getting out freaking running around taking the boy to the park later so that's i got i'm picking up what you're laying down all right we'll we'll, we'll pace it up here no 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 no, 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 no. no. she just asked anyways all good i was just <laughs> making more of a comment you're out there in sunny la having a great time and it's you know 48 degrees here and we're like we're gonna take our shirt off get a tan 
Oh, no, no. I don't know if you've heard. It's a civic emergency. It's been raining oh, yeah. for 24 hours in Los Angeles. Shame That's the right. devil. People are going right. wild out here with uh, with angst and otherwise. That's right. Yeah. Um, so, um, all right. Let's talk about the football stuff. And you mentioned Southern California. And so let's start there. Where do you come down as a fellow human being on what Caleb Williams is trying to do? It sure sounds like at the time of this recording... He does not want to, and it's publicly more or less stated, bears don't take me. He wants to go to D.C. He's from Washington, D.C. Now Cliff Kingsbury, who, by the way, is a fascinating figure in the last five, six years of pro football, too, because zero success in the NFL. Obviously, a lot of it progressive uh, offensive mind in college. Mixed results at best, I would say, and yet was able to strong arm the Arizona Cardinals into like, I'll take the job, but only if we can take Kyler Murray. But we just took a quarterback last year, coach. Uh, in the first, well, that's what it takes to get me. Okay, we got to get the great Cliff Kingsbury in here. His his lifetime record of 0-0 in the NFL. We got to get him in here. They do, mixed results. And now the Raiders want him, but it's like, no, no, I get to, I, I get to pick my spot. I'm moving to DC now. Cause I think I'm going to get Caleb Williams who I have some track record with. Anyhow, what do you make of this whole thing? Do you think Caleb Williams is right to be playing the game he's playing here? Well, first with the, the Kingsbury talk, it is funny to think about that. If Cliff Kingsbury looked like Matt Patricia or uh, Steve <laughs> Belichick, I, I wonder if he would have the same kind of pull, you know, he he's the, he's the football version of like the classic uh, senior in high school, super good looking quarterback guy that can just like walk in a classroom and the teacher kind of fawns over him where then you're sitting in there and you're like, why do I always get the shaft here? You know? And it's because, well, you mm. just, you don't have that jawline and that hair and you know, you don't look like your pecs are nice and in shape when you're wearing a quarter zip. So it is funny how he has really used that, uh, to to his advantage in his professional career and good on him. Um, I guess the Caleb Williams thing, so he has publicly said, because I feel like it's all just like hearsay and, and cow herds kind of doing reporting for him. And like, has he officially been like, like Elway style? I'm not doing Chicago. Well, by the way, if that is the message, even if it's back channeled to the Bears that he doesn't want to play there, and we can talk about the wisdom of that if you compare the two football situations and let's do that. But I, I do think if you're cable engine, like that punk, who's he think he is? That's not when you go where you're drafted. I generally am going to lean towards the player side of things when, when these things come down and you do have to pull back. I, I understand that foot fans like a certain rhythm uh, to the sports calendar. And so when it gets disrupted, people are get scutchy about that. We see that all the time about whatever the subject is. And I think people think like, I don't, don't mess with the draft. I like the way the draft goes. And, 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 you know, you, you, you get that player's rights for four or five years and all that kind of stuff, but pull back from that. Is that fair? Would that work in any other line of work? Like you got to go, I guess, if you want to be an actor, you have to go to LA or New York, but they're very limited, professions that sort of fit that you kind of you know you get to go where you want to go and so it's weirdly it's a weird paradox that like the best job being a professional athlete is the one that limits where you get to go coming out of the gate maybe that's the trade-off you have to make but either way history says it works out fine for those guys you think like 
oh man, but Caleb Williams, you'll be hated by a big city in America. Like all of Chicago will hate you forever. Like Eli came through clean. All right. Didn't he? By forcing his way out of San Diego and going to New York city worked out. Okay. For Elway when he refused to sign with Baltimore and go to Denver, the history does indicate that if you're obstinate about like, Hey, go ahead and drive me. I ain't signing for you. And I'm not going to put on your uniform no matter what. It's a bad look for both sides of the thing. But at some point, I think it becomes more damning to the franchise. And so go ahead and draft them, Bears. I think he can ultimately be like, how much leverage does a kid have? He has that. You're going to let the first overall pick twist like that all season? Explain that one to Bears fans. As you watch Jared Goff and the Lions rule again and Jordan Love and the Packers rise up and the Vikes and all that. Good luck explaining that in autumn of 2024. I like when teams puff their chest out like, what's he going to do? Sit out? Yeah, it'd be easier for him to sit out than for you to explain to your, to your franchise why you took the guy when he told you in advance he didn't want to play for you, right? Yeah, and I mean, you just mentioned, you look at the NFC North now, and it's not like been a surprise literally forever. I mean, the whole history of the Bears is defense and very mediocre quarterback play. I mean, they've never been able to figure out the position, no matter who it is, no matter what era it is. And then they bring back Matt Petrie, or uh, no, uh, uh, what's the fellow's name? Uh, Matt Eberflus. They bring back Matt Eberflus, defensive-minded guy, right? So you're you're not jumping into a situation where you're like, ah, yeah, they're really going to, hey, I'm a super talent, right? And I'm going to be the number one overall pick, but I'm still going to need help. I'm going to the number one. I'm, I'm going to the team that has the number one pick, for God's sake. I'm going to need some development, right? And so you look at the Bears, and yeah, I wouldn't blame them either. I mean, it's like, yeah, it's a great city. Me and you, we, we, we both love Chicago. Who doesn't love Chicago, right? Great sports town. Great. A lot of stuff to do right on the lake. Beautiful Wrigley. All of it. Love it. Not a dick. This on a Chicago, the town, but y- you have to look in the mirror. If you're a bears fan and be like, yeah, quarterback, even if you it got is, supreme talent, I mean, and we're not doing ourselves any favors right now. You got rid of an OC that wasn't working, right? And all the rage has been about how Getzy, he was the problem. He wasn't the problem. He still got the defensive head coach, which I know a lot of people talk about, and I think it's proven. I've texted you about it. It's like, hey, if you're going to go all in on a quarterback and you're going to have a quarterback, you got to have a guy, whether it's a head coach, whether it's a coordinator, whether it's a specialist, all three, preferably, to make sure that this dude is going to develop and I don't know if you can put your trust in the Bears organization doing that. I just don't. So, yeah, I, can, I mean, if I, I agree with all the points you just made about that. And yeah. if you're Caleb Williams being spooked. And by the way, it is fascinating that a franchise and this happens in certain sports to certain teams. But I think the Bears are rightly at the very top of that list. How can you go 58 years, whatever the position, even if it's punter? But it's the most important position, not just in football, but in all sports and has been for not uh, not not for five minutes, for like five decades. It's been the most important position. And one franchise just never solves it. Just never like the best. The Bears, Chicago Bears quarterback of the Super Bowl era, 58 years deep now is Jay Cutler. That's crazy. That's hard. You have to try to fail on that level. Yeah. And I'll say this to your point about Eberflus. My concern with him is like, I kind of like, and there's been there are enough examples this millennium that say you can have a defensive minded coach and a high end talent at QB and those can work. I am with you hundred percent though. You better have somebody developing that QB. 
um, on the offensive side, whether it's the QB coach or the OC or whatever it is. Um, the, the bigger thing is it feels to me like Eberflus was, there was some grace involved from Ryan Poles and the bears in keeping Eberflus here on some level. I feel bad. I, I I'm not big advocate of like fire that guy, get rid of him. But I think in this situation, if you know you wanted Caleb Williams, I think you should have fired Eberflus because now it sets up of like what if what if they're the worst team in the division again? What if what if they go five and twelve this year? Well, that'll be it for Eberflus, right? Well, that now Caleb Williams is a year in to his five year window, assuming they pick up his option there, and now you're in the same mess that you were in with Justin Fields. So yep. so I completely get that concern. My concern. With the alternative, though, is that it's Washington. What track record? What, what's exciting you about that? Cliff Kingsbury, Dan Quinn. That feels like the Dan Quinn they hire did. was weird to me. I, you I could tell. Well, obviously, they've made it clear that we didn't want him. We wanted Brian, uh, Brian uh, Ben Johnson screwed us, and so we had to fall back. And then when Mike McDonald didn't work out and all that, it's like often those do work out. It worked out pretty nicely for USC twenty five years ago when Pete Carroll was their seventeenth choice, and you know. Once in a while, those things work out. Maybe it will. I do think he's a nice, steady hand who's been around forever, and that's sure. got to matter for something. But, you know, I outside of it being his hometown, Caleb Williams, I don't think Washington's situation is is so juicy. It's like, oh, yeah, that, see, that's a, that's a good operation that I want to get into, not that Bears mess. Right. Yeah, no, that's, that's totally fair. I mean, I guess if he's looking at it and he's like, well, I'm not going to fall to three. So if it's between my two options of just Chicago and Washington, then I, you know, I'd rather go home. Right. And kind of have that storyline, have that feel work with the coach that they just hired that, um, you know, he's, he's familiar with and comfortable with. I think my problem with Caleb Williams, it isn't anything really about him himself. It's about like, I saw a list the other day, Dave, of like the top 20 most exciting college football players of all time. And he was like fourth on the list. I mean, he's mm. ahead of like Cam Newton and and Vince Young and and uh, Deion Sanders. I'm like, hold hold on. Like, I, I'm a massive college football fan. I mean, Caleb Williams. Yes, he 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 had he had his highlight that plays, but more exciting than Cam Newton, Vince Young, like all the. It's like it's this Instagram like driven 2023 2024 world uh, that I feel like affects how people view Caleb Williams. I'm just like, yeah, he's a hell of a player and a supreme talent, but like, give me Vince Young or, or, or Cam Newton any single day on that list. All right, let, you know what? For a minute, let's move on from the next guy who's going to be the greatest quarterback of all time and instead talk about the guy who it seems like we're ready to give that crown to. I know he has more Lombardis one way or the other, no matter what happens on Sunday night. I still think like we are chomping at the bit. I guess it's our impatience collectively. We want to say, you know, these these debates about who's the best and all this, it generally comes down to supporting the guy who when you feel like you were in your existential prime, that's who you have to support. When you're paying the most attention, you want to be able to say, you know, that whole Nike ad campaign that pivoted off of LeBron James' witness, I thought was ingenious. That's what we want. We want to be able to say rightly, or at least be able to claim and not get too much uh, talk about how we're crazy. Like that's the best of all time. And we got to see it. That's that makes us feel special basking in that reflected uh, glory. Right. 
Yeah, it, it is interesting. I will say I love a uh, big Mahomes fan, big Mahomes guy. I think he's great. I love watching him. Um, I think he just seems like a good dude, uh, despite all the craziness that he has to deal with in his world. Um, I agree say. with you. Yeah, he really <laughs> does. Uh, you know, so I, th- I think it's also like, no problem with him, but it is interesting. Uh, you know, Tom Brady's got to be sitting there just like, what the hell, man? I, I did 20 plus years, seven rings, one with two different teams. Oh, and by the way, the guy that everybody's crowning over me, I beat him handily when I was 42 years old in my last Super Bowl. Like, so part of me is like, we still need to give Tom Brady a little bit of time here. I think you are so, you are so right. And the conversation, I think it is because people see Tom Brady and kind of like you were saying about that. Um, about Kingsbury, maybe it's like Brady's handsome and more likable than the other guy responsible for the dynasty. And people didn't like Belichick. And so people aren't that sad for him. I personally feel a little bit bad. He must be like, after everything, after all that, no one, no one wants to hire the, the right. guy. Huh? But right. if Brady wanted to be a jerk, he could absolutely go to a microphone like, Hey, anybody still want to have that debate about Brady or Belichick? I think it's pretty clear when uh, when 12 went away, Belichick looked awfully mortal, didn't he, everybody? Um, I think that's another chip in Brady's favor. Like, the, oh, the oh, like, oh my favorite thing to that, right Dave, place. my favorite thing to that, Dave, that I get all the time on 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 Twitter and, and even like my dad, you know, God love him. You know, when I say something about like, yeah, I mean, hey, how about that system, huh? Tom Brady, yeah, he's such a system quarterback with Bill Belichick. Look at what Belichick's been without Brady. Everybody goes back to, without a doubt, look what he did Matt Castle. He went 12 games with Matt Castle. <laughs> he went 12 games with Matt Kessel 2008. Matt Kessel. I'm like, oh, yeah, you yeah. forgot that that's coming off the greatest talented team of, that, uh, of all time, which, by the way, Eddie Spaghetti, we know how that ended. You know, he got the last laugh there. But, I mean, Matt Kessel was playing with prime Wes Welker, rejuvenated prime Randy Moss, uh, a whole slew of running backs that I can't even remember, a dominant defense, Rod Harrison, <laughs> yeah. Junior Seau, right. William McGay, all these dudes, but everybody's just like, he went 12 games with Matt Kessel. I was like, okay, but now the four years after, I mean, it's just so annoying. It drives me absolutely nuts, the Matt Castle talk. Um, but yes, it is very if, if that, Right. Hey, listen, if he had done five years with another quarterback, exactly. now I'll have the conversation. That's why I've been promoting the last three months to the chagrin of many, Joe Gibbs, being left out of the conversation too much when he did it. Not once, not twice, but three times with three non-Hall of Fame quarterbacks. There's no That's- one in football that comes close to that i guess wait parcells parcells does it he gets i guess he's the best comp to that because he goes hostetler sims and almost gets it done with uh with some of the hamburgers that he did he almost got it done with drew bledsoe um but anyway okay uh patrick mahomes it's fascinating because i feel as though this is a weird year for mahomes in this sense He's maybe the GOAT, he's defending champ, everybody hold him up as the best, at least right now, all that. But overshadowed this year by the defense. Then, on a personal level, his tight end has become more famous than he is. And at the same time, Mahomes is the one who has to provide flack for said tight end. Like, he has to defend the tight end and the girlfriend and all the receivers who keep dropping his passes, by the way, and towing the line 
in a really rugged situation, relatively speaking, for a multimillionaire. Then, as Travis and Jason Kelsey become the biggest stars in football, I don't know, but I feel like Taylor maybe, as part of a rider agreement she had in that contract she had to fix the thing so the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. I don't know if you heard that uh, that uh, conspiracy theory. But if it did, she probably added a rider like, no Jackson Mahomes in the luxury box. Um, where's Jackson gone? Like, is is Mahomes having some like where where is he emotionally? Tap into that in Super Bowl week. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like in Forrest Gump when he's sitting down there with his mom and they're talking to the teacher, and the teacher says, "Is there Mr. Gump around?" She says, "He's on vacation." Um, that's essentially what Jackson's on. He's just on a really long vacation right now, so he's just gonna take a year off and he's gonna enjoy himself a nice long vacation. And we're just gonna be focused on what we gotta do to win another Super Bowl because if we do that, then all will be good, fine and dandy, and no one will even pay attention to Jackson. So we're just focusing on that. But I don't know if you saw the news that um, my, you know, my dad. I got you know, it, it, it's it's a little bit of a rough topic, but you know, I gotta mm. really support everybody here, Shaq. I gotta support my entire family. I gotta support the entire team. I can't take blame off anybody else but myself i mean people want to give me a hard time for my dad bob but what do you expect i mean i'm the father of like an entire organization and my own family for god's sake like of course <laughs> i'm gonna have a dad bob and what about as i know you're dealing with a lot so i don't want to put extra stuff on you to deal with but you're patrick mahomes you're let right. me talk about the good potentially at least here <laughs> right a little mean-spirited unnecessary for you to beat up or rock I mean, he's, he's a little beating him is going to is going to burnish your legacy. I feel like it's bullying. How say you? Yeah, I mean, you know, Shaq, I'm not really too worried about it because, like I said, I've got so much to take care of. I didn't even realize we were playing Brock Purdy. I'm, not, I'm more so concerned about Nick Bosa and guys like that who are coming after me. And I know Christian McCaffrey is super good, but, you know, the guy over there, I mean, you know, I, I don't really like John Harbaugh and John Harbaugh looks just like him. So. I'm kind of glad that I get to go against him and maybe beat John Harbaugh two weeks in a row. Um, but, you know, best of luck to Brock and everything like that. I guess, you know, he's an underdog story and whatnot. Everybody wants to forget about how I was an underdog story. And nobody believed in me. But here I am, you know, back in the Super Bowl again. It's kind of like being in Vegas. The house always wins, and I'm the house. <laughs> that, that was a good one, Pat. Um I mean, really not comparable. You were a first-round draft pick. I mean, he was Mr. Irrelevant, so you're not really equating yourself with Brock Purdy. Yeah, I mean, but nobody believes in us, Sheck. I mean, it's just like, you know, we've been in the Super Bowl last three years out of four, but still coming in this year and coming in the playoffs, you know, everybody, even listen to this show, everybody was kind of already saying like, oh, yeah, it's kind of a down year for Mahomes, down year for the Chiefs, but here we are again. So no one believed in us. No one ever believed in us. No one still believes in us right now. Um, you know, we're kind of in a no one believes us off with San Francisco because they're against all odds and we're no one believes in us, but somehow we're here. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> I think it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> It is weird that no one believes in you, either team, because you both were like, I mean, you're the defending champs and you have you on the team. And then the other right. side was like the number one seed. Right, but like right. no one believed in either one of you, it sounds like from what I'm hearing from both locker rooms. Right. Yeah. No, I, you know, I mean, that's just how it goes. Like sometimes even when you're the best, like people still don't believe in you and you got to work on it. Just like my son over here is making all the noise in the world and really just poo pooing this entire interview. But, um, yeah, I'll tell you this. I'll say one thing. I'm going to go out and guarantee it right now. The thing that you're going to look for the, this weekend that's going to come out, the final score, what it's going to be is 31, 17 chiefs. We're coming out. 
We're going to have ourselves a love story afterwards. I heard that Taylor and Travis are going to get engaged after the game. So everyone's going to win. The NFL is going to win. All the Swifties are going to win. And the Chiefs are going to win. So it's a win, win, win. 31-17. You heard it here first, Chiefs. Love it. What a thrill. Spoiler alert, notwithstanding. I love it. Getting to talk to number 15. What a thrill for us. Um, Hey, do us a favor, would you, Patrick? Give our best to Travis and uh, all the Swifties out there. I I hope this doesn't trip you up too much. I do believe in you. And you know what? I think all the people in Arrowhead aren't masochists. I think they believe in you too. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, mess with your head though in advance of this game. I want you to do one other thing for me. I want you to say goodbye to our great friend, Joey Molinaro. And we'll have to come again sooner rather than later. And I mean, in front of free agency, because his Pittsburgh Steelers, I know you're the, you know, you're the one with all the trophies and everything, but the Steelers still matter too, Patrick. And so me and Mulinaro have to kibitz and figure out what the Steelers need to do in free agency and the draft or shame the devil. Maybe we have to work out a Justin Fields trade. We'll see what we can do with that. But in the meantime, great thanks to you, Mahomes, and have a great Super Bowl week. All right, Shaq. No one believes in us. Just remember that. You and Spaghetti both. And now you don't. So I'll talk to you then. Well, I mean, but I but I do. And stop saying I don't. I mean, you don't even know what I think. I'm telling you I do. Well, I am going to take the Niners. Anyway, Joey Molinaro, you're the best. Obviously, you already are following um, on social media. If you aren't, fix that. ASA. AMP, best to you. The missus, the little guy. About to become four. Good times await that little kid. Um, and we can't wait to hear her reaction to the Mike Tomlin impression when it's finally ready for public <laughs> or she'll be, she, she's the testing ground, right? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. They, they all are here in this household, but no, I appreciate it. Sorry for all the, the noisiness and the craziness from my boy here. Uh, but no, you guys are the best. Always appreciate it. And hopefully, uh, I don't know. Well, you got to get you out to Indy for the combine or something. I know you, you can't travel for the Steelers Colts or something, but we'd love to see you. love to host you out here. Um, it'd be a great time. So thanks guys. <laughs> I'll be out there, if not before, for an Indiana Hoosiers football game. I know. Why do I do these things to myself? <laughs> um, but yes, when I do that, I will uh, we'll, we'll stop for some beers with, uh, with Papa Mulinaro. Hey, thanks for all the time, pal. Let's talk sooner rather than later, like I say. Absolutely, Shaq. Talk to you. And now a quick break. Are you tired of uncomfortable, stuffy clothing when you're on the move? Task Performance is here to revolutionize your active lifestyle. Crafted with their innovative organic cotton and bamboo fabric blend, Task Performance's Carrollton Collection is Task's all-time most popular active wear. Task's Carrollton Collection is breathable, moisture-wicking, and provides USPF 50-plus sun protection, keeping you fresh, cool, and comfortable all day long. Task has harnessed the natural performance qualities of bamboo to deliver amazingly soft and durable apparel produced in an ethical and sustainable manner. Whether you're hitting the gym or on the trail, the golf course, traveling, the office, or just around town, Task's Carrollton Collection will help you feel better, move better, and live better. Available in dozens of colors. See what better looks like at taskperformance.com. Use code SPORTS to get 20% off. That's code SPORTS at TASCperformance.com. Task, creating the most comfortable performance apparel on the planet. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila!
Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. All right, there he goes, Eddie Spaghetti. Final thoughts. Uh, I mean, great impressions as always. Um, don't agree that the Chiefs are the underdogs uh, compared to uh, Brock Purdy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and I think this the, to go back, the Caleb Williams stuff, the draft is going to be very, very interesting. Seems like he posted on social media that he is pushing, uh, in a sense, uh, to go to the commanders with Cliff Kingsbury. He did not post anything on social media when the Bears made their hire for their OC. So that is something to be, uh, you know, to follow there. And plus, like, what is the deal with Justin Fields? That's going to be the crux of this draft. So uh, I know the Super Bowl is upcoming, but I am quite excited for the, how this draft shakes out. Well, let, let me just say, maybe I should have said this at the top of the show. Obviously, the story this week is the Super Bowl. You'll hear heaps and heaps about it, and we will definitely cover it with hench later in the week and we'll do the 15 minute pregame show all hash will be settled there i think it's fun to talk about some other football matters and of course we had to stop down to talk about the game of prize fighting and the greatest game of all the game of life um shout out to creed one last time there we had we had important business we had priorities to get to but i thought uh, mulinaro was dynamite today and yeah we'll have him back on to figure out what the steelers need to do go get justin fields Resign Mason Rudolph, get Ryan Tannehill, roll with Pickett. We got to figure that out with uh, m- many important matters to deal with. Uh, you know, there are only two teams playing now. The other 30 teams are looking around for lessons to be learned from these two teams playing in the Super Bowl. We'll chop that stuff up later in the week and on the other side of the Super Bowl and try and figure out what lessons there are to be gleaned from the Chiefs and the Niners. And before that, we will get you right for all of that. I told you at the top of the show, Extra Points Network, getting you right all the way, every base covered. I guess I shouldn't say base covered because it's a football game, but you know what I'm saying. Welcome back, hockey. It's been too long. Where the hell did you go? Um, We'll talk about all of that. But in the meantime, for Eddie Spaghetti, Joey Molinaro, and everybody at the Extra Points Network, enjoy the week. We'll talk to you in a couple of days. Until then, thanks so much. It's been a thin slice of heaven.